0: Since 1979, TireRack.com has been helping people find the right tires for how, what, and where they drive. They sell only the best, like the full line of Firestone Tires. Test results, ratings, and reviews are there to assist, or try the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. Tires ship fast and free to you or to one of over 10,000 recommended installers. In many areas, they offer mobile tire installation. Shop Firestone Tires at TireRack.com.
1: Welcome into the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by Points Bet. Live your bet life using the code CHGO. Welcome into our CHGO studios. This is Studio A in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I am the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Alongside me, as always, is not the man in the middle, but Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at ecknerwall 23 We'll be joined by our White Sox beat writer who's out in Arizona, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, and you should, for great spring training updates from the White Sox Camelback Ranch, at Vinnie Duber on Twitter. Again, you can follow us, Chicago White Sox, CHGO, uh, at CHGO underscore White Sox on Twitter, and CHGO Sports, at CHGO underscore sports. Now... I said the man in the middle was Herb, and obviously sitting over there. Yep. Vinny's obviously in Arizona. I'd look a
2: little different if I was in the middle. Yes, I'm and they're too there... short to be the man in the middle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is a man in the middle, unnamed. Uh, it's Buzz from Buzz on Tap. You can follow him on Twitter at Buzz on Tap. What's up, buddy? How you been?
0: I'm good, man. I'm just I'm very thankful to be here at this awesome studio talking White Sox baseball with you guys. It's been a minute since I got to really divulge into talking White Sox baseball because I've been so into the Bulls lately. You know, so. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And, and there's no baseball to talk about. They were locked out for Absolutely. 100 plus days. Uh, I also want to give a shout out. Uh, we were remembering Vinny uh, being here with the cactus uh, in front of us. Front uh, of so us. Vinny will join us in just a few seconds. We'll get some spring training storylines from Vinny. Uh, we'll go out to Arizona and that should be a ton of fun. But we got to get to know our good buddy Buzz here. You know you know Herb. You, you did a yeah. podcast with him. I mean you've done podcasts before. Yeah. Why don't you give people a little rundown on who you are where you come from what do you do what's what's the buzz story hold on real quick we're gonna crack them
0: oh <laughs> man see i prematurely twisted mine so i can't really call it crack them so i twisted them today shout out
2: to johnny nani buzz absolutely and and tony marchese, tony marchese yeah. was, was yeah. on lockdown back in the day with me absolutely good people.
0: So, I work over at ontapsportsnet.com. I do Bulls and White Sox content over there. Um, Bull season tickets. I also have Bears season tickets. We're not going to talk about that today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've been covering these teams for a long time. Uh, we started off together back in the day Absolutely. with uh, most valuable podcast, is what it was called. That's how you and I have a connection. Mm-hmm. And then. Herb was the first time I was ever starstruck by meeting somebody at a Sox game. You know, Herb Lawrence, man. So It's It's tough. Yeah. No, it's not tough. Sorry, man. It's awesome. I'm (laughs) I'm still happy about it. But, yeah, no, I got to have this opportunity to come here today and, and talk White Sox baseball with you guys. And I'm just stoked on it. So any written work or podcasting work that if you're interested to see me talk, which if you if you are great Is over at on
1: big Chicago fan though. I know you're yep. a Bears season ticket holder. You can find yep. them, uh, doing tailgates at, at bears games. You can yep. find them doing tailgates at Sox games. Uh, give us the rundown. I mean, you, you're a Sox fan bulls fan bears fan.
0: Yeah. Sox fan bulls fan bears fan is fair. I, I mean, I, I love the Hawks, man, but you know, like I don't, Divulge, like you know, I don't really get into hockey. I, I'm not, I don't know, it wasn't on TV when I was growing up. Yeah, you know? well, the you know, home games weren't, you exactly. know, so it wasn't a big thing until 2010, and by that time I was already out of high school, so it was just kind of, you know, not much. But the White Sox and the Bears, I gotta say, plenty of room on the bandwagon at this point. So if you want to join <laughs> in,
2: hop back in on those Blackhawks.
0: I, I don't know if I ever got on it, man, but if I do, keep the seat warm and I'll sit right next to you. And, and that, we'll make is, it happen. that sounds like the great.
2: sound of our producer, Lawrence. Hey, hey, what's happening? Doing, Lawrence, it's, got a Lawrence. Got a it's a name. Lo- spells it correctly, too. I was wondering, like, your origins. Like, how did you become a White Sox fan? Was your dad, mom, uh, White Sox fans, and just uh, took you to games like, I want to do that because mine was a little different where I got to choose and I keep on cursing that kid out. But you, what about – what is your White Sox origin story? So my White Sox origin story is
0: pretty interesting. So I come from Blue Island, Illinois. That's like where I was born. That's where I, I take vacations at. Oh, is <laughs> it? Oh, yeah. You like Blue Island? Big Blue, fan?
2: Blue and Stony, the islands. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
0: Uh, I come from Shout Blue Island, hood. 138th and Western. There's a little trailer park over there that me. it was just me and my dad that mm-hmm. we grew up in. We didn't have air conditioning, you know, um, but we we had one bedroom, which was his, and I, I slept in there, but we had Bears and Bulls season tickets, oh, nice. and which is priorities right you right know what I mean? no,
1: priorities. no it's very south side no air conditioning but let's get season tickets and live in a trailer <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, nothing <laughs> wrong
0: with anybody that lives in a trailer it's fine but anyway uh so he was really big into those but baseball was like his digs like you mm. know he, he totally dug that so we wow. we uh would go to I don't know, man, maybe like 10 or 12 Sox games a year. Nice. And then until I got to be a little bit older and they, they were really bad, yes. you know, uh, I would just go as like an eighth grader catch a train after we moved out into New Lenox, which is the burb I'm at now. And I'd take, you know, the train and we come downtown, we go to this game, go to a game. So I just kind of kept that going. And of course you could tailgate there, oh. lot B all day. <laughs> Once you become an age, that's the best thing to do. You know, you go and bring your little grill. Bring a 24 rack and have a good time and go watch the White Sox, you know, hopefully play a competitive game of baseball. Well, you're
1: talking about the tailgate. You were telling us earlier about the ribs. Why don't you you give people the the tailgate ribs? Yeah, Yeah.
0: so the rib breakdown is really cool. We call them Bears game ribs. It's from my dad. So you take country ribs, right, and you get them at the packet store. You you put them in a boiling thing of water, not to boil the ribs, just to get the scum off the ribs, right, make them a little bit more tender. And you put them into a pan with some sazon, garlic, basil, oregano, whatever tickles your fancy bell peppers all over the top of that, and then whatever uh, barbecue sauce you want. You throw those on the grill, in a pan, let them sit and cook until you're ready to go into the game, eat, go in.
1: It's finally getting warm, all the snow's melting, and then Buzz comes in talking about ribs, tailgating for Sox games. and Tailgating it's just, is you the know.
2: best Chicago activity. As I said last week <laughs> on CHGO, uh Sports, the uh, show that's hosted by Kevin Kaduk, uh, our guy, um, I say that there's no better tailgate in Chicago, which you would probably know, Than the White Sox tailgate. Now, I haven't been to a Bears tailgate because I don't like going to NFL games. But which would you say are are better, the White Sox tailgates or the Bears? And I know you guys are coming in for White Sox stuff. And we'll get to Vinny down in Arizona post-haste. But which is better?
0: I got to be biased. I got to say White Sox tailgates. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is because, like, at least when you park in Lot B, we have room to operate together. Yes. You know, I mean, we are packed in, but we're not like sardines. In Southwat at Soldier Field, we're packed in like sardines. Don't get me wrong, still a great time. Mm-hmm. But the characters that you get at a White Sox tailgate compared to a Chicago Bears tailgate are second to none. Like like you brought up before we came on the air, you might see a Billy Ruffield chugging a beer out of his leg.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: might be doing a mudslide after a tornado warning. You know, I mean it does doesn't matter. I mean, you just you you might run into Tony Marchese who's got fifteen hundred jello shots. It's always just a good time, you know. So that, that's I have to say, White Sox tailgates are the best.
1: Well, and that's because there's no Cubs fans. You know, Bears are a shared team between oh, the Cubs and Sox, and yep. you know, White Sox are us only. Our it's our type of people. I think that's why uh, you know the White Sox tailgates much better than the Bears. Final question before we go out to Vinny. Yep. Favorite current White Sox favorite, White Sox, favorite former White Sox, just so people know.
0: Favorite former White Sox is Mark Burley, Joe Crede. Uh, guy. Uh, Mark Burley. Oh, I got Mark Burley. Burley still. No, Mark Burley's the right one. Love Joe Crede, but Mark Burley. Favorite current White Sox has got to be T.A. I mean, just the way that he talks, carries himself, you know, and embraces that south side mentality, whatever, you know, I think that's really cool, and I, I just love that. It's always fun to have a guy that, that talks but backs it up on the field too. Indeed. And that is Tim Anderson. You oh, know, there's I, no
2: one – like, he puts his word out there, and he – I think he does it on purpose – so it drives him to work harder and so he can back up those words he's putting out there.
0: Absolutely. And that, that's why I love T.A. so much. Sean, I was going to actually respond and say you want Moncada. So my Twitter, you know, <laughs> would, uh, blow would, would blow up, blow right. up. People call me stupid. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's only well, a God certain group. It, it's only a certain
1: group. You have to worry about that. And uh, we got some comments rolling in. Uh, Jimbo wants to c- grab a beer with you out in uh, a new Lenox. Uh, shout out to our guy, Jimbo. Uh, and, and we are going to we got one more to uh, what are the boys sipping on? Uh, you guys want to give a rundown here? I mean, I'm not I'm sipping out on Daisy Cutter. On I just thing. did it
2: for the effect of them. Hashtag them. Yeah. Hashtag. And then my guy uh, Buzz is drinking a Coors Light. I am I not the Coors banquet. Light. Just Coors Light. I'm
0: usually a Miller Light guy, but I'm having Coors Light take because you guys had three, one, two, and if I start drinking a lot of those, I'm not, I'm gonna have to probably crash at your house or something. <laughs> so we can't have. I gotta just <laughs> gotta have, drive have Coors back Coors to New Links. Yeah, I gotta drive Her, back. To Herb, the herbs. I can help you out with that Daisy Cutter later. Okay, okay. I, I might drink
2: out. it throughout. You know, I just don't want to be drunk. My words are hard to understand, but it might be entertaining speeches. Because of alcohol, it'll be uh, time for me to get fired. Those guys over there are looking at me like, mm, ready to fire you if we get too <laughs> drunk. <dropped."> I'm kidding. <laughs> Kevin and Jake—they're not
1: fired. Well, me let's yet. go see uh, right how yet. Vinny Duber's hanging out in Arizona. We know warm weather might lead to some drinking, and we obviously see the cactus, uh, very rem- uh, reminiscent of Arizona, where Vinny is joining us. What's up, Vinny? You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a content machine. Like seven articles this weekend. How's your vacation, man? It seems like a working one.
3: Yeah, it's a working one. Come on, we got spring training going on. What are you expecting? Jeez, I had, guys, I had a nice, beautiful backdrop. There were palm trees behind me. I wanted to show everybody what life is that like out here in the desert, but what life is like out here in the desert is at, uh, uh, you know, two quarter, quarter after two in the afternoon, they start turning on the lawnmowers outside, and so I had to move inside the hotel room uh, so no palm trees today, unfortunately, but you do get to see the great mirror behind me, I'm sure, at some point, so there you go.
1: Well, and out on the balcony, too, you also had, like, the ray of God behind you. I mean, it was, like, literally the perfect alignment of where the sun was just coming directly behind you and illuminating you like a, a heavenly effect.
3: Yeah, almost almost to a fault, I would say, so <laughs> I'm kind of glad we, we have more normal lighting right now, but, yes, we're going to work on the backdrops. Uh, moving forward here as the week goes along.
2: Before we get into the nuts and bolts and all the real stuff, I saw you take a video of your guy and our guy, Aloy Jimenez, making that beautiful, beautiful sound off his bat. Did you get to converse with your man? Did he talk about your mustache?
3: I got the I got the first wild wow, mustache of spring training, I got the first wow, what a mustache of 2022. Eloy walked by uh, on his way back into the uh, into the facility today, and so yes, we we handled that. Also met up with Dylan C, so I'm sure you oh. saw his uh, new facial hair uh, that the White Sox tweeted out yesterday. Uh, he walked up to me and he just goes, "Wow, look at that!" Great minds think alike. So me and Dylan. We're on the same wavelength. We uh, we are. Uh, Tony LaRusso actually said to me yesterday, he goes, what, you and Dylan form a club. Uh, so, yeah, so we've got kind of a mustache club going on. I guess me and Dylan are the uh, inaugural members. Uh, I guess, Do if uh, Tony LaRusso is <laughs> keeping track.
2: Do you share mustache comb tips with Dylan C's Like, hey, man, yeah, it's green not green only tips? a thing to have and look good, but you actually have to keep that up. Come on, Dylan.
3: So, so far it was just exchanging pleasantries, you know, you know, you know, it's like when you and your friend's kids meet for the first time, right? It's like, (laughs) all right, you guys are just meeting. This is going to be a lifelong friendship. So me and Dylan's mustaches, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get into the nitty gritty as the days go along, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and just like kids, you guys will have a lifelong, uh, I'm assuming, to uh, spend together and see them both grow on your faces. Uh, Let's go, because I texted you today at 125, because we're we're working, trying to set up the show. And I say, anything of note from Han, Vinny? And you say, yes, quite a bit. So uh, why don't you update us? Rick Han spoke for the second time uh, this spring. What did you learn? What was uh, some of the bigger takeaways that uh, White Sox fans should know about?
3: My goodness, we're gonna be here all day. No, I mean, Rick had a lot to say today. It was uh, obviously today the uh, additions of Joe Kelly and Vince Velazquez became official. Uh, So a lot to say on those guys, I guess the headline out of Rick regarding Kelly is that Kelly uh, last year at the end of the year was dealing with a nerve issue in his arm. Uh, White Sox fans might remember this injury happening to Aaron Bummer back in 2020 during the COVID shortened season, knocked Aaron Bummer out for a good deal of that year. Joe Kelly talked to us today. He says he's feeling fine. You know, if it was up to him, he'd go pitch tomorrow. But uh, but Joe Kelly is not going to be on the opening day roster, most likely. Uh, you, so said Rick Hahn. They're going to slow play this. You, you throw in all this short spring business, plus what he was dealing with at the end of last year. They want to make sure. They just gave him a multi-year contract. They want to make sure he's going to be good to go for the long haul, obviously. Uh, you know, Joe Kelly has two World Series rings. He's in the playoffs every year with the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Cardinals. Before that, he is here to help them win the World Series, just like you know Lance Lynn and some and Dallas Keuchel and some of the other guys who have that winning experience before them. So Joe Kelly very important, and that's why they're going to slow play him. Uh, in terms of Velasquez, you know this is what pitching depth looks like. Uh, you know, I think uh, Rick and, and Tony were very quick to talk about uh, pitching depth and the importance that that's going to have, given the short spring uh, that that's coming up here before the uh, before the season opens. So Vince Velasquez is here. The fans are not excited, nor should they be, after seeing that 6.30 ERA from last year with the Phillies and the Padres. But he is uh, Ethan Katz's new pupil. And they are uh, going to go to work to make sure that those numbers don't repeat themselves. Uh, he is going to be a guy who's likely going to open the season in the bullpen. You'd have to figure just because he got a major league contract. Uh, so you'd have to figure he's going to be out there with Reynaldo Lopez providing some innings. And I think, guys, you're going to see a little bit more long relief than you're used to. Maybe We were talking to Joe Kelly today and his his spitballing on what the, uh, the effect of the lockout and the short spring is going to be on starting pitchers. He said, you know, five might be a good day. For these guys. Five innings might be a good day for these starters if you're not named Lance Lynn, in which case he's gonna, you know, fight you if you try to take <laughs> the ball away from you and then he's probably gonna go seven or eight every time, uh, you know, whether you want him to or not. But uh, but yeah, so you might see, you know, a situation where Lucas Giolito or whoever goes out there and throws three, four innings in the first couple weeks of the season and then they got to have a guy like Lopez or a guy like Velasquez there to throw a couple two three after him just to get to the back end of the bullpen like you're used to seeing from a starting pitcher so those are the things on the two new acquisitions you guys go ahead and react and then I'll tell you what he had to say about Kopech and Kimbrell
2: that's literally what I was going to ask you about next Kopech (laughs) yeah Um, I mean with the Joe Kelly thing when you don't have access to people like with this lockout You're going to get things like that, and that's half of the thing where I kind of freaked out about Rick talking about Michael Kopech. Now, it could be just he was just sick. We're fine. He'll be fine. What did you take away from Rick saying that uh, Michael Kopech had a – he was dealing with some illness and might be a little slowed to start pitching?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, just to to catch folks up if they didn't hear it over the weekend, Tony La Russa told us a couple days ago that Michael Kopech didn't get the amount of work done that he wanted to get done. During the lockout, remember the White Sox couldn't talk to these guys during the lockout uh, for a, for a reason, and that reason was not specified by Tony La Russa. So obviously, we you know may, we might have feared the worst when we were talking on Saturday, right? But uh, we talked, we asked for account about it today, and he said that uh, yeah, Michael Kopech had to deal with an illness early in the year, uh, and so he was knocked out while he was sick for a little bit of time and couldn't you know, get the amount of work done that he'd want to have done to this point. I don't really think it's anything more than that right now, but you have to remember who this is. This is Michael Kopech making the move from the bullpen to the rotation. They were, there was going to be so much work that needed to get done in order to get him ready for that starters workload anyway. And so now, you know, it's a different situation. Be it, it, him rather than if it happened to someone like Dallas or Lance who has been through spring training and what it takes to pitch an entire season uh, in the majors over and over and over again. Kopech hasn't dealt with that yet. And so this is kind of just a thing that's on top of that. Now Rick Hahn says he is completely expected to be a part of the rotation on opening day. He is going to be a starter. This is not Michael Kopech has to go back to the bullpen because of this. No, not at all. He is going to be a starter on the opening day roster. It is just that. Workload management, which was going to be a thing with Michael Kopeck anyway, begins now. It begins day one. I mean, I think Rick said he's got a certain number of bullets, and 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 the and the Sox want to be able to have him to use in October because listen, the guy throws really hard, and the guy's a good pitcher. He's a very talented guy. You want him to go out there and carve up opposing lineups, and you want him to do it when the games mean the most. That might mean through the first beginning portion of the season. Who knows how long it'll be until he's you know up to speed. That that workload management is going to very much be a focus. And so that's what we got on Copec.
0: I wanted to ask a question if that's all right, Benny. And yeah, a please. nice meeting please, you for the first time please. too, man. Your mustache Puzzle. is legendary.
3: We've got a we've got a nice little facial hood brotherhood, facial hair brotherhood going on here, I think. I'm I digging think the we do. Dallas we Keichel up. would be proud. Yeah, I, that was <laughs> who I was gonna ask
0: about. Dallas Keichel too. That's amazing. It's like twin. What is that, ESPN? I almost yeah, said ESPN. Yeah, yeah. It's, ESP? ESP? Yeah, it's ESP. Okay, thank yeah. God. Well, wow. <laughs> didn't want to look stupid on the stream, but here we are. ESP, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: beard, beard Special Privileges. Pr- privileges I like where like you're that. going with it. We can yeah, make yeah. it a T-shirt. We'll figure it yeah, out. I need to make be t-shirt. smarter. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Dallas Keuchel, um, what have you seen out of him? I know you said that he did a, uh, what, he did a session the other day, you're correct? He did a simulated game two days ago. Uh, how long do you think his leash is if he has his struggles that he had last year? I mean, you know, this is just for me asking because as a fan from the outside looking in.
3: Listen, you're not the only one. I think uh, if, if my if my Twitter feed is to uh, be believed, yeah, not even counting Sean, but if my, <laughs> to, if my Twitter feed is to be believed, people aren't happy that, uh, you know, when you even bring up that Dallas Keuchel still has a roster spot. So listen, I understand the frustration. He had the worst year of his career last year. That makes total sense. That being said, he is a very accomplished baseball player. He is a veteran who has been around the block a lot of times. If you're talking about leash length, it's long, I think, and 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 listen, that might not be the case with the fans, but when you're but when you're talking about the guys who know who who are inside baseball and are trying to make these baseball decisions, they have to lean on what they saw. I mean, remember the White Sox signed him to this contract. It's not like all they like you know got bad luck and they were stuck with him you know past when they wanted him. They wanted him for this long. They signed him for this long. Uh, I asked. I, I mean, I asked Tony Larusa about it, and he said he's not worried about him at all. I, I, you know what I mean? I asked, asked Grandal about him. Grandal's not worried about him at all. So I, I think that he has done enough in his career. And I think the particular thing that I keep pointing out, just because it's apparent when you look at the, look at the back of his baseball card, he's had good years and bad years and good years and bad years. I mean, he has swung back and forth between those a number of times. And to me, that says he has experience in digging himself out of a hole, uh, That might not be the way it plays out. And maybe 2021 Dallas Keuchel is the Dallas Keuchel that's here to stay. But we have to start watching games, and he has to start pitching games before we know that that's the case. And so for right now, the way that this team is set up, he is one of those five starting pitchers. And given what I just told you about Michael Kopech, and and given that he is one of the veterans, and he is maybe more able to handle the curveballs of this lockout thing than some other folks are, He's going to be relied on heavily to eat up innings in the, in the early going here. So yeah, you saw the you saw the results that I tweeted out and wrote about from from his from his live BP the other day. Yeah, he gave up a lot of base runners and that's that's that would line up more with last year, right? With more yeah. with what people But again, it was the way those base runners came and it was a mixed bag. A few singles were just bouncers through the infield. You get a glove in the right spot and they're not singles. And a few of them were doubles down the line. So, you know, it's a a mixed bag. The game's got to start coming before we can make the, the determination on whether Dallas is capable of doing what he's done throughout his career numerous times, which is bounce back from bad years to deliver very good years or if last year was the beginning of the end. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it was a single, sometimes it was a double, sometimes it was a three-run home run, and you can hit a home run by downloading the PointsBet app. Mm -hmm. You guys like that? Mm -hmm. The best way to support CHGO is to download... Bit
3: of a walk, if you ask me, but okay.
1: (laughs) The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com and we will help you remember that points bet is your home for live in-game betting they even have a new exclusive feature live nba same game parlay so when you're watching the Bulls and kings tonight you can download the points bet app and place a live same game parlay and the best thing is too you can boost your live same game parlay with points bet so if you like your odds you can get even better odds with that points uh, uh points bet boost odds and the best thing too about points bet Online signup is now available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And... One more thing we got to mention. We, didn't, we missed the picture earlier. Uh, so, Lawrence, if we go to the picture of uh, when Buzz and I first did a podcast together, it was back in 2017. Uh, that's in St. Xavier. And we tried to do this whole CHGO thing, but it wasn't called CHGO. It was called Most Valuable Podcast. Uh, on the left there is uh, Mark in the sh- Mark Weber in the striped shirt. Uh, the black shirt is Ricky Widmer. I'm kind of hiding back in that corner. Dave Oster's over there uh, next to me. And then you got Buzz and Juice. Uh, Buzz is in the Kirk Heinrich jersey. And we've always been trying to do something like this we've always been trying to reach out to the fans because we are fans all chgo is for you we are trying to give you live post-game shows live podcasts quick reaction and great insider content and you can become a member at all chgo.com you remember
0: that one buzz yeah man i don't know why i got a little emotional a little <laughs> bit i don't know if that's because like of the times that we had together or is I that know. because i was skinnier and i was wearing a stud belt <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> you don't look one. that much bigger i do oh, man i got the dad bod going on now boys it's what, not good. what really
1: made me cry was I, I had to go back and get that screenshot. And I around that part, I was saying that Josh Rosen was the best quarterback in the twenty eighteen NFL draft. <laughs> yeah,
2: you were. You yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you were. No, you know, man. Don't I yourself, I've,
1: I've been wrong before, which I think is good for like guys like Dallas Keichel, um and stuff <laughs> like that. So if any uh let's go back to spring training just real quick. Any other news and notes? You mentioned Kimbrell, uh and Han speaking to Kimbrell. I know Tony even mentioned Kimbrell, uh saying that he expects him to be on the opening day roster. Do I have that right?
3: Yeah, that was some, you know, that was some newsworthy uh, sound from Tony <laughs> La Russa a couple of days ago. He was asked, yeah, does he expect Kimberl to be on the opening day roster? And he said, yes, uh, I think, you know, what else is he supposed to say kind of thing, right? I mean, it's a player that's on his team right now. He's not going to tell you that he's going to be traded. And certainly Tony acknowledged the reality of what everybody's been talking about for the last several months, you know, by saying, you know, he goes, he likes it here but he also likes to close, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, maybe that's what they're trying to do with Craig. Uh, Rick talking earlier today was asked about Kimbrell and asked about that quote from Tony and basically said the same thing, which is yeah, until until further notice, he's an important part of the White Sox bullpen and listen, Craig Kimbrell's a very accomplished guy, too. I mean, you don't even have to go back as far as you do for Dallas Keuchel, which is only two years ago. You only got to go back about 18 months, uh, you know, to, to get to Craig uh, Craig Kimbrell, rather, being an all-star. So, you know, this is not uh, something that would necessarily be all that detrimental to the White Sox pen if they were stuck with him, to use Tony La Russa's joke that he made the other day. But again, too, Rick says you know, all these great things about Kimbrell. And then I think threw in a line like, and that will be, and I think he'll be great whether that's here or somewhere else. You know what I mean? So he's taken, he's making sure all the doors are left open, making sure everything's on the table, which is a very Rick Hahn thing to do. So uh, right now though, what I, the way I look at it is they just signed, I mean, they signed Kendall Graveman back in November. They just signed, uh, Joe Kelly. Those are two huge relief additions at the back end of that bullpen to already team with guys there in Hendricks and bummer. If you take, and then you throw Kimbrell in there, but what's the position of strength, right? It's the back end of that bullpen. And what do you do when you're looking to make upgrades, you trade from a position of strength. So I think you can connect those dots and say, yeah, if the White Sox need, see the need to continue to get better. And I think all of us would agree that there are probably opportunities for them to do so uh, across the roster, then yeah, you would expect them to deal from a position of strength. We know that the minor league system is maybe not necessarily that position of strength right now. And so maybe the position of strength that they deal from is one that makes sense. When you think about the things that have been said about Kimbrell, the back end of that bullpen.
2: I was wondering, you know, with the lockout ending on Thursday evening, do we have full attendance? More importantly, is my guy Anderson Severino in attendance? Did he get his visa problem situated so your guy
3: Severino it, your guy Sean Anderson Severino is not in attendance Son of a bitch. Uh, his, his, his visa his visa issues persist it would seem but I did see his jersey hanging in the clubhouse today so I think you can count on him being. not him Aloy at some style point.
2: though right not there, no not, Aloy, not in the dugout not in the dugout in the clubhouse
3: in his locker in his locker uh, R.I.P. I.P. Yeah. Aloy Uh, The only person who's really not here so far, the only two people I haven't seen, uh, Jose Abreu, who we know about. Obviously, Tony Tony gave us the heads up a little while ago that he wouldn't be uh, on time. And so he was still not here today. He's expected to be here tomorrow. Uh, The other guy we have not seen yet is Kendall Graveman. Uh, Interestingly enough, I'm sure... That there's a reason for that, a good reason. But, yeah, we he is he is the only uh, person that I have not noticed yet uh, uh, at camp. Everybody else seems to be accounted for. Uh, Moncada and uh, Aloy were not here yesterday, uh, but they were here today.
2: I was just wondering, like, has anybody spoke about the quick ramp-up we're going to have here, like three and a half weeks to do spring training? I know hitters are like, I'm fine, but the pitchers, they're more creatures of habit. Anybody really uh, expressing any concerns or – I don't care. I know Lance Lynn probably doesn't give a damn, but everybody else uh, get to a mic and say, man, this might be a trouble for us.
3: Uh, That's pretty much the main thing, if not the only thing people are talking about at spring training here, Herb, is the fact that it is going to be a short one and that that ramp-up thing is going to have effects that linger into the regular season. I think that's just the fact of the matter. I think that's what people are expecting. You are absolutely right. Lance Lynn, uh, you know, standing (laughs) about one foot from me earlier today, uh, said he has no concern Uh, over the uh, short ramp up that he is fine. He will be ready to go and that everything is just like normal for him. I think somebody asked him, uh, you know, how are you feeling from a conditioning standpoint? And he goes, yeah, I'm not a big conditioning guy, which I think uh, (laughs) White Sox fans will appreciate. And I think everybody thought it was a a joke, which of course it kind of is, but I think everybody thought it was a joke because Lance's delivery is so dry uh, every time you know he he gets up in front of the media he's always got some m- new material that he wants to try out but uh uh so the response was are you serious and he said yeah unless uh I'm, you know right now it doesn't uh, winning baseball games doesn't involve me having to run across home plate and then and if it does then i'm done so i think uh, there you go lance lynn knows lance lynn knows lance lynn's body which by the way the knee is feeling fine Uh, so, uh, I think everything's good there, but yeah, in terms of that short ramp up, you got to get everybody else to talk about it because basically everybody is saying, yeah, I feel good. Or, you know, yeah, it'll be fine kind of thing individually. But then when you ask them about the other positions, they're like, oh yeah, it could be a problem for, for so-and-so and so-and-so. So -so." So you got to remember that spring training is for repetition. Spring training is to get your body ready and your mind ready and your eyes ready for opening day. And usually that's six weeks. Now it's only going to be about three and change. So, uh, yeah, they're playing a game here in a couple of days uh, against the Cubs. Uh, they're playing two of them, actually, against the Cubs on Thursday. Split squad, uh, one, in, one in Glendale and one in Mesa. So that'll be interesting to see what shape everybody's in. But uh, certainly guys are already throwing, you know, bullpens and, and letting it rip. And you saw the video of Eloy that I tweeted. Uh, you know, his uh, his swing is looking just fine.
0: We were talking about your stash brother earlier and Dylan Cease. And since you are there in person, I just want to ask, a lot of people think about big things happening for him. He's got the stuff. We all know he has the stuff. It just kind of goes away from him here and there, Absolutely. right? I mean, we've, we've watched that happen for the last two years. Have you seen anything different with his approach coming into this season? Because I'm just, I'm curious because he's in a bigger spot this season. You know, it's going to be Giolito, Lynn, Cease is, again, again, he's that three guy. But when you were going into last season, Dallas Keichel came off that great 2020. So everybody was like, oh, wow, Dallas Keuchel's up there. You know, Cease is more back in rotation. Well, Cease is kind of in the middle now. Have you seen anything from him,
3: uh, you know, where he's looking more crisp or is that confidence that he's always had still there? He's throwing tomorrow. His first day uh, throwing, I think will be tomorrow. And I think that's in live BP. So we should have okay. some, some, you know, videos and, and, you know, batters doing whatever against him to, to show you tomorrow if you're paying attention during the day. But, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a guy who went from, you know, I think preseason last year, I would have told you the two biggest question marks on the, on the team, you know, determining if they could do anything last season was the four and five spots in the rotation. Now, ha-ha, here we are again, and we're basically saying the same thing, even though the names have changed, right? But, uh, but I mean, yeah, Dylan Cease was one of those guys. We had no idea what he was going to be able to do. He was, you know, not very good in 2020. And then last year came around working with Ethan Katz. He was excellent, I thought, for the, for the most part during the season. And But you're right, now he has to be that guy. He has to be one of those guys that is not, that is not just expected to be good, but counted on. Because Giolito and Lynn have the track records to be counted on, And, you know, cease is coming off of one good year, the way everybody thinks about Keiko right now, the way everybody is down on Keiko because of one bad year last year. That's why everybody's up on Cease. So I mean, you've got to remember, it's just that it's that same amount of volatility, the same amount of sample size that everybody is reacting to. That being said, He looked great and he should be expected to be good this year because he did really well. He led the team in strikeouts. He was, he was the guy, that stuff that everybody has talked about as being so nasty for so many years really showed up last year. And so, uh, Dylan Cease, was, at the end of the year last year, was reliable. He was that guy that you could count on, and that's why he got a playoff start, because he was reliable and he could be counted on. And I think now going into the year, you're expecting him to be that guy for seven months. And until proven otherwise, you got to think that he can be that guy, but it's going to be a prove it every time out, absolutely.
1: You can get updates on the Cactus League on Vinny's Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's got all these great videos he's posting. He's got pictures he's posting. I saw you posting Lance Lynn and Garrett Crochet throwing Uh, a lot of good video uh, from Vinny. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. The big thing somehow we did six podcasts last week and none of them uh, had any talk of White Sox signings. Uh, We missed those. Uh, We missed the Josh Harrison news. We missed the Joe Kelly news. We missed the Vince Velasquez news and now let's grade them. Let's go over the signings. Let's go over the new players that are going to be on the South side. Josh Harrison signs for a 5.5 one-year deal with a club option in 2023. You have Vince Velasquez signing for a major league deal, one-year, $3 million. And then you have Joe Kelly. He's got a two-year deal uh, worth, I think it's 17, 7 million in the first year, $9 million in the second year. So we're going to grade the free agent signings. Uh, Herb, where do you want to start first?
2: Um, I'll start at the grade that I'll give for Vince Velasquez. It's We're going to start with Vince Velasquez. Yes, T because I'm giving... <laughs> Not the person, but the signing. Yeah. Like, it's pitching depth, so it's good, but he wasn't good last year. Now, with if even cats got a whole offseason to work with Vince Velasquez, I would have no problems with that. But since we're in a lockout, and he only has three and a half weeks to work with Vince, I don't know if that pitcher's going to change that much. The same guy who showed up in 2021 might show up for the White Sox in 2022. Hopefully, he doesn't matter that much. As Vinny says, probably going to be starting in the bullpen for the most part. It's a first week of spring training, and after a lockout signing, I did not get excited about Vince Velasquez because the last time I remember Vince Velasquez, he was throwing, like, Jose Abreu out at yeah. home plate yeah. left field. when he was a yeah. Phillies 2019. outfielder for some reason yeah. for a second. We don't talk about An in extra inning, in an extra innings. 14th inning. Yeah. yeah, so that's the memory I have of him. I remember he was a big-time prospect, a top-of-the-rotation guy for the Phillies, but he's not that guy anymore. I understand innings are the thing, and that's what you're going to get from Keiko. And then Vince Velasquez gives you 4.5 ERA, I'm fine with it. But last year was 650? No, I'm good. I'm real good. So I'd put that as a D. I don't know about you, Vinny.
3: I tend to agree, to be honest with you, Herb. I, I think the, the, the one thing that I would point out is that I don't think when you're signing – starting pitching depth that you really should expect too much. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about a guy who is basically being told you're not going to get a rotation spot out of spring training. And so I don't know who you're convincing to sign with you that are going, you know, (laughs) that is going to be so much better that is going to agree to sign up for that. But that being said, Vince Velasquez's numbers were bad last year. They kind of have been bad for a few years. And so if, if only we're going on results, uh, they haven't been very good lately. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that one. I don't think it was the – it obviously wasn't exciting. It wasn't supposed to be exciting, mm-hmm. but it also just isn't exciting in terms of what are you going to expect when he comes in to pitch two innings in the middle of a game in, in, in late April, you know what I mean? Even if he's only making a handful of spot starts over the course of the year, which would mean, you know, pretty good health for your starting rotation, then what's going to happen then, you know? So, I mean, you can't, you, you can't look at this signing and go like, oh, yeah, Great, great, great get (laughs) so far. The only thing you can do is cross your fingers and hope it works. If you're the White Sox, because you know, if you're a White Sox fan, I should say. Uh, So yeah, I'm kind of with you there, Herb. I wouldn't give it a very high grade.
1: The Vince Velasquez deal. What you give him, it, buds?
0: I'm gonna give it a B because it's not Odrysio or Ross Detweiler. (laughs) Okay, I mean... Ross this guy, was all right. Ross was all right. Ross was all right, man. but he figured R- it out. When Ross the boss came in, we had some issues, okay? So, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, a B, honestly, because I, I don't expect much, like Vinny said. I don't expect much out of the guy. Again, like you said, he was a high-end prospect at one time. Yeah. Didn't really work out that way. He comes in, gives us some spot starts if we have good health, which you know i'm praying to god that we do this year cuz it just seems to be a chicago curse all around we don't have that but I not give it a b i'm not i wasn't expecting much out of that anyway it looked like our rotation was set otherwise from a trade yeah so i'm i'm cool with it you know
1: yeah, I'm going to give it a C, mainly because f- it's confusing. Uh, I understand that depth is important, but I don't, I don't really understand the idea of signing him to a major league deal. That's my biggest hiccup with this. I don't understand why you wouldn't want a guy who hasn't proven that he can pitch in the major, major leagues just yet, why you want him to be on your roster right away. Maybe he's going to get cut before uh, camp uh, this year. We saw that with Jonathan Lucroy last year. Uh, maybe that's an, an, uh, uh, you know, a possibility. Uh, but I just don't understand especially with now their 40-man being filled up after all these signings, what are you going to do with Jose Ruiz, who's out of options? What are you going to do with Mike Rodolfo, who's out of options? What are you going to do with Reynaldo Lopez, who's out of options? Like, Vince Velasquez is now putting a constraint on this Pitching staff, from what I see, there's not a lot of clarity, I guess. So if it is just a depth piece and they're able to move Velasquez up and down from minor league to to major league, I think it's going to be fine. I think that he is an interesting piece that Cats can work with. Uh, The velocity on the fastball has gone down a bit, but the stuff is fine and the stuff is good. Um, So I, I think that if he's able to get some tweaks, then maybe there's something there, which is fine for depth. But again, as a player that might be giving you a lot of innings, especially in April... I kind of hate it. I don't really want to see Fitz (laughs) Velasquez in a White Sox uniform. So if it was a minor league deal, maybe. But the major league part has me a little bit worried. Uh, Let's go to the bat before we go to the other bullpen arm. Josh Harrison, he signs for $5.5 million. Likely going to be the opening day starting second baseman. Vinny, is that your same vibe too? You've been on the whole second base upgrade. The Sox need a second base upgrade. Do they find this with Josh Harrison?
3: Man, I don't know. I got to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I I can tell you what I think we're going to hear, you know, because obviously, you know, when you talk to Rigon, he, he talks in very much and Tony La Russa the same way, you know, with what they have. And so I think if you would have talked to him today before the Josh Harrison move was made official, you know, he would have said, all right, we're great with Larry Garcia as a, as a starting second baseman. And I think once harrison becomes official you know it's just reported at the moment but once it becomes official you you'll probably hear we're great with harrison and lauri as our starting second baseman if you were to have asked me a week ago is josh harrison the upgrade that make that gets an everyday second baseman for the white sox i would have said i don't think he's that really that much of an upgrade over Lauri to be perfectly honest with you uh now that's again is speaking from results from everything you hear, he's a great presence in the clubhouse, but I, I would have pegged him more as a guy that if he were coming to the White Sox would be an awesome guy to have on the bench, right? Would be an awesome guy to have uh, replacing the the role that he may currently belong to Danny Mendick or Romy mm-hmm. Gonzalez or something like that. Grabbing that role and giving it to a veteran who who has been an all-star two times, who is supposedly a, a really good guy to have in the dugout, that seems like the move that you would make. To make Josh Harrison your everyday second baseman, then that's what's going to free up Lauri to move around the diamond. I don't know. I don't know. I I would have probably said that you'd be better off going with a bigger, you know, a guy who's more proven to be the kind of guy who can produce at a high enough level that it was worth the move to make. Uh, but, yeah, I bet you were going to hear in the next coming days, once this move becomes official, that he is probably going to have the majority of the starts at second base, and I don't know how that's going to work out from a production standpoint. So we'll see.
1: Buzz, what are you giving the grade on? Harrison, second base.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Got to give it a C, man. Lurie Her- Herb's legend.
1: ready to jump on the pit. <laughs> Lurie,
3: <laughs> Lurie
0: Garcia is Lurie legend, yeah. number one. Okay, I'm going to put it Homer real quick. I like Lurie Garcia. He does some good things, and he plays everywhere. He's a good player. Josh Harrison, like he said, is not – much of an upgrade over him. And that is a guy that should be replacing a guy like Danny Mendick, Mm. you know, who played the infield. Like, so it's just knowing that he's going to be our everyday second baseman makes me think, well, not think Herb hope that we're going to open the pocketbook for right field. If that doesn't happen, then I don't know. But um, Josh Harrison doesn't tickle my fancy going to be the second
2: baseman every single day. I'd rather have Lurie there.
0: Honestly, it's
2: my Vinny and buzz have said exactly what I was thinking. Like, when you get Josh Harrison, that's like, okay, at, at this point of his career, you're like, all right, nice fifth infielder, awesome. Yep. Clubhouse guy, awesome. He's like, be good. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if Brian yeah, Goodwin good, was good was the starting right fielder right now, people would be apoplectic. <laughs> like, what the hell are we doing? But when Brian Goodwin had his games last year, you're like, yeah. that's nice. Great contribution. But you're going to be depending on, what, 130 140 starts from Josh Harrison at this point of his career, a little too tough. I would rather go with Roman Gonzalez and say, give him all the things if you're going to be doing – if you don't like Lurie at second base starting because all things being equal, I would actually have Lurie – as the better player at this point of their careers than Josh Harrison. He might be hyping people up and people might like him and he smiles and he does this and that him and Tim having this nice swagger off at, in the middle of the infield, but nothing gets you really excited about Josh Harrison, the same Pittsburgh. Well, nothing gets you
1: excited about it. I'm giving it a B though, just because you look at what he did in 2021. He had a one uh, 119, uh weighted runs created plus through September 1st like I mean he is an above average bat at second base which you just can't find I mean Alex Rude posted right there Uh, Lurie has a 97 OPS plus uh, for, since 2020 Alex and Rude's a hater Alex Rude is a hater um, what up Alex I love, it. <laughs> I love Alex dude he's
0: my, but, one of my best buds <laughs> but,
1: but with with Harrison like you also get a, a major league glove he was worth eight outs above average last year that was fifth in the majors at second base the big issue though is how do the White Sox actually implement him because the Nationals and A's had high shift percentages. They were both top 10. The White Sox, notably known for a low shift percentages. With this guy being 35 years old, does he need that defensive help? Does he need that defensive shifting? I don't know if the Sox are going to actually implement somebody who I think still has something left in the tank. I think that you know, you you saw a great output from Billy Hamilton and Brian Goodwin, guys that were kind of fringe MLB players, and they rose up to the occasion, but still weren't really truly valuable players. Harrison's a better player than Goodwin and Hamilton. Former All Star hasn't played on a winning team since 2015. He might find some juice. He might have that extra tank to to really you know take the Sox to where they need to be. And again, second yeah, juice from Montana. Uh s- second, <laughs> second base is just a really tough position. I don't know if I like that they're spending $11 million on two players that are worth four-war um, for the same spot, but it it, at the end of the day, you're not going to find a really great upgrade unless you're getting Catal Marte, unless you're getting Glibert Torres, unless you're using these you know trade pieces that are non-existent so for what was out there I think it was fine I I think that you can't overreact too too much to it because you know it's second base if it's right field and you're going out and getting Adam Eaton instead of Conforto or Castellanos or Schwarber then you have an issue but at second base you're gonna find garbage uh wherever you look like it's this or Jed Lowry we
2: talked about I think on Friday I would have taken Bull center Brad Miller as (laughs) a Former Bulls center. Hey, Brad Miller has some swag, <laughs> There he is. Look at Vinny. <laughs>
1: Love the wingspan. That's what we were talking about on Friday. Vinny loved the wingspan. He wants the, the Jordan wingspan, but for Brad Miller. Uh, <laughs> let's move to the final signing. Joe Kelly is now a part of the White Sox bullpen. Herb, I'll start with you here. What grade are you giving the Joe... Or, and Dave Roberts wanted to uh, mention this last year, Joseph Kelly. What are you giving the Joseph Kelly signing? And also his brother-in-law was in our chat a little bit earlier. Shout the out to The only his reason
2: I'm giving it a, a minus is because of the nerve damage. But for the White Sox to take Joe Kelly away from the Dodgers, who wanted him, is a huge move. Huge move. And, of course, you have that White Sox option at the end of the deal. I think the guy is a top uh, setup guy in the league. And, yes, he won't start the, the year off as a White Sox reliever, but having him for two-plus years is phenomenal to sign him for the deal that he did. The White Sox bullpen, I think, now was, is what they talked about last year. It is a unstoppable force. And they still have Craig Kimbrell to deal away or to keep in the in the bullpen. So I think that that makes that bullpen just that much better. Like, some of the things you worry about in the fourth and fifth starter – you can alleviate your fears because you have such a diesel-ass bullpen, and Joe Kelly is being part of that is amazing. I love Rick Hahn for that one. Buzz, what's the grade? i,
0: I got to go A. I, okay. I, I got to piggyback off what Herb said. Joe Kelly just fits the south side too, right? He's got attitude, throws hard. Hates the Astros. Hate, <laughs> we all hate the Astros. Yeah. But he does all these things real well, and again, he's a top setup guy in the MLB, and you took him away from a team that wanted to keep him. That was a meat-on-the-table move by Rick Hahn. Mm-hmm. I love that move. I think it's good, and pitching is very, very important.
2: And it so, kind of reminds me of what – the Bulls did with Alex Caruso and the Lakers. Like, hey, we're going to offer you this good money. Come to Chicago. And the L.A. team's like, you know, you're you're cool here, right? You're, you love it here. Oh, you won hurt. championships here. Yeah. And then when he leaves, like, how do you leave here? Yeah, it'll and hurt. then you wake up in middle of June. Oh, man, we should use Joe Kelly. That would be great if we had him here, like the Lakers are feeling right now with Alex Caruso. I love the tie-in there. I love the tie-in there. But, yeah, I give it an A, man. I, I, I love the signing. I like
0: Joe Kelly a lot. He still has a lot of good stuff. I mean, he's, he's a really good pitcher, and I think that our bullpen, again, I know we were talking earlier about Tampa Bay being, right. you know, what Tampa Bay is, but it ain't, it ain't even a problem being number two either. Yeah, v-
1: Vinny, what are you, what are you giving them the grade on the Joe Kelly signing? We talked about, I mean, Herb and I, you, we talked about this when you were last year, basically how I thought the bullpen right now was better than the, the, the opening day bullpen last year, and now Kelly's an upgrade, right?
3: Yeah, I mean man, A A minus. I'm like, wow, can I do anything better than A plus? Like I mean, I think the Joe Kelly grade is awesome. I the Jake Kelly the Joe Kelly acquisition is awesome for the White Sox. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah, we you, you we mentioned that. So I don't I forget if it Sean or Herb, which one of you said then that you thought that the bullpen was better than it was the year prior. Uh, it definitely is now because I dis- I may I might have disagreed then. It definitely is now. I mean, you got two guys, in Graveman and Kelly, joining this bullpen that were two of the best relievers in baseball last year. Joe Kelly's been doing it for a while now and has got a couple World Series rings to show for it. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a move that really fortifies the back end. It, we, we were talk we were we would talk with Rick Hahn at the trade deadline last year after he got Kimbrell and it was like, look at this monster bullpen they've got now. They've brought in Kimbrell, they've brought in Tapera to add to what they had. And it's like, once they hit the playoffs, look out because it's the playoffs are bullpen city and that's what's going to happen. It didn't work out that way as everybody knows, but like like you just said guys this is the bullpen that can do that this is the get them to the playoffs and you've got the last four innings of the game spoken for if you need it uh you know i mean Hendricks is just as dominant as they come and then you throw kelly in there who's made such a good living of pitching in those high leverage innings remember what he did for the red sox during their world series run in 2018. Graveman, bummer, and man, if Kimbrel just is a little better than he was last year, you and he's your and he, you're requiring him to be no better than your fifth best reliever. I mean, man, like you're talking about a really good bullpen. I thought that even after they signed Graveman, they needed more in that bullpen. They needed more oomph to make up for the guys that that they lost last year. Boy, do they have it right now in Joe Kelly. That was the that was one of the moves that they needed to make, that in my opinion. If we're talking about, ooh, I don't know if Josh Harrison is going to be the second baseman kind of guy. Joe Kelly, we all know, is the bullpen arm that the White Sox uh, that the White Sox really could be- could have benefited from and now have.
2: And I'm a big time guy of managers don't matter that much in mm-hmm. wins and losses during the games. Where managers do matter is acquisitions. And apparently, Tony La Russa was very. Instrumental and Joe Kelly signing with the White Sox. Do you know a little bit more about that, Vinny?
3: Well, I can tell you that Joe Kelly is a Tony La Russa guy. Uh, uh, Joe Kelly's first big league camp was 2011, which uh, with the Cardinals, which was Tony La Russa's final year in St. Louis when he won the World Series. Uh, Tony had. You know, was recalling watching him as a young prospect pitching in in camp and saying, you know, they were going to send him down to the Florida State League and that he was going to go manage in the Florida State League so that he could be this guy's manager, uh, very highly thought of then. Then he's a part of the Red Sox front office in 2018 when Joe Kelly was pitching there. Got to remember, Craig Kimbrell was a part of that Red Sox bullpen as well. But uh, yeah, Joe Kelly shared a story today with us about how Tony was going down. I think he was catching a ceremonial first pitch or something like that during that Red Sox season in 2018. And he borrowed Joe Kelly's glove to do it. Uh, Kelly got his glove back, put his hand in it. And realized Tony had left his World Series ring inside the glove, and so that uh, Joe Joe Kelly was in possession of one of Tony La Russa's World Series rings for about uh, twenty four to thirty six hours while everybody was frantically searching for it uh, in the Red Sox organization. So they've got a relationship, uh, and certainly, certainly, and it doesn't take a Hall of Famer's eyes or somebody who's been around the uh, the game for decades like Tony has, it doesn't take that set of eyes to know that Joe Kelly's really, really good at his job, but Tony has that relationship, and that's a good thing to have uh, with, the, with this bullpen arm.
1: And Vinny, it doesn't take a certain eye to spot a good deal. And if you want a good deal, if you enjoy CHGO, there one way there. to help us to continue grow He's is so to download the PointsBet app and Please. use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two <laughs> risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free short from, of your choice from the CHGO locker. And one of those shirts is the Sky shirt that we just released, and the Sky podcast launched Today on this set. So get excited, CHGO members. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You could download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. My idea on the Kelly uh, signing, and, and Lawrence, if we can bring up the stats here, I just, and I wanted them to add a bullpen piece, so I can't get too upset, and obviously, I do like Kelly. The stuff is good, the command is good, and he improved his command, uh, and around July, he really, uh, that's when uh, Ramon Guzman also mentioned uh, Joe Kelly uh, started going to Joseph because his dad's Joe Sr., uh, that is uh, Joe Kelly's brother-in-law, or at least he's claiming to, uh, and he knows a <laughs> lot, of, lot of information, so shout out to Ramon, but uh, what you see there is, you know, you, you got good stuff from Kim, uh, 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 Kelly, 108 stuff pluses, which is a, an Eno Saris stat, uh, command around, you know, league average. Uh, you could see Kendall Graven stuff, good stuff, 110.4, around league average command. Liam Hendricks, you know, really great stuff, really great command, only seven walks last year. And then you see Kyle Crick, who's a minor league invite uh, to the Sox down there. Great stuff, tough command. That's why I couldn't make it in Pittsburgh. But I really just think that the Sox, seeing the way that they've spent so far, And really how they've spent the past three years, I'm just concerned that they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right deal for some big bat or some big name to come along. And it's just not going to happen or it hasn't happened yet. I don't understand why the Sox are being so patient right now. And we've seen moves. Yes, Joe Kelly improves the team. I think Josh Harrison improves the team. But also, I think guys like Kyle Crick, if you're able to develop these guys, these guys with great stuff, great potential, but really haven't had the right pitching or support around them. Pittsburgh isn't that great of a franchise. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, But I do just worry that the Sox are putting all of these assets into something that is pretty easily findable. You look at the Rays, the Rays has had the most war out of any bullpen last year, and they used 30-plus guys. The Sox used, like, 15 guys and got, you know, very similar war out of them. But the Rays, a lot of uh, return and rotation, and they're able to get a lot of production from many different looks where the Sox are relying, and it seems, like, on Joe Kelly, on Liam Hendricks, on Aaron Bummer, on uh, uh, Kendall Graveman. Like, there's a lot of pressure on these guys because they signed big contracts. I just think that the Sox really need to add some of the you know, the fifth highest payroll to their lineup. This, this team struggles to score runs. They've gotten outscored in the postseason in the past two years, I think, by 14 runs. I understand that the bullpen is really important when you have a lead, but the Sox haven't been able to build up that lead. And with all the moves that we've seen in the MLB so far— one of them, right before we started, the Seattle Mariners get better. They get Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. The Yankees pick up Josh Donaldson yesterday. Carlos Rodon goes to the San Francisco Giants. Oops. I just think that yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that the White Sox are just really you know sitting on their hands right now. And yes, they're upgrading the bullpen, which is a minor piece in my idea or, or my mind. They're upgrading second base, which is a minor piece in my mind. They've upgraded and spent a lot of money at the catcher position, which is you know one of the least valuable pitchers uh, positions in baseball. And they spent a ton of money on a closing pitcher, which again is one of the least valuable positions on a major league roster. They've spent a lot of money at some of these lower end positions. And it's it's just, I see all these other teams spending on big time positions and it's getting me really frustrated, to be honest. And I think a lot of Sox fans- frustrated. And
2: I can hear it, but are the White Sox going to set a market? No big-time free agent has signed as yet as mm-hmm. if I'm correct, uh, Lawrence back there. Like the, the White only Sox- the only rumor
1: is that Seiya Suzuki signed with the Padres 5-year, years, 70 million, but that has not been confirmed by, you know, Passen or Rosenthal or any of the the, the the national guys, Heyman said it probably. No, it was I'm... I think I think it was uh, <laughs> ya- Yahoo that's Japan, my, which which I, I just you know no, none of the national American writers have have leaked that yet. I and wouldn't obviously be we've holding seen... your breath
0: for the socks to set a market. Yeah, though, and you so know?
2: yeah, they're probably so waiting back, sitting back, seeing what the big time guys get, and then yes, okay, once the Korea Domino falls, the Bryant Domino. From Florida, whoever, Cassianos. then they can go and get their one guy. Because mm-hmm. yes, I think you said it earlier. Josh Donald, uh, Josh Johnson, Josh Harrison signals this is the second baseman. So we are holding our powder for the right field and or DH. That has to happen. That has to happen. They have to get one or the other because you can't go to the season with this lineup and expect to win the World Series. Like there's holes everywhere. Like it's right field and DH. So I think the White Sox. And Rick Hahn, of course, waiting for the the market to set itself, and then they'll see, so they're not outbidding themselves on... Kyle cares? Schwarber. Who cares? If you, why, are you, why do you need to, like, I don't care they're not if the, you need to the get the best that. deal. Yeah, but not,
1: that's the issue, and that's why you haven't won a World Series. That's why you just went to the first back-to-back postseason series in your franchise history last year because uh-oh. you won't spend. This it's the it's the enough to win the AL spent, Central. The yeah. Twins are selling off all their team. The Royals aren't competitive. The Guardians don't spend money. You're going to win the AL Central. But right now, this team is not better, good enough to win the World Series. I
0: love you, man, but you're going to be waiting a long time for them to take that leap into thinking that they're going to set the mark And that's what the bad part is what we talked about. I think we even talked about it on air and we talked about it over there is they're going to go like Herb said, they're going to go get their second baseman. They're going to say, okay, this guy's going to play 140 games for you. Then you think they're going to have this money to go spend. And then it's just not going to happen. And it's frustrating. Then they're going to put out a threesome out there of Adam angle, Andrew Vaughn and Gavin sheets. Mm -hmm. And I I
2: think it's fine in the aggregate. Right, fine. it was fine in the aggregate last I year. I want to win. Like, yeah, me too. I want to win. Yeah. So
0: that's the thing is like you have this talent that Sean said that's out there. Go get it because what are you waiting for? But that's that's the thing. That's why I don't get so mad anymore, man. Is because <laughs> the the I swear to God, it's it's why I've calmed down on it. I just I don't think any of them are coming. I really think it's gonna be the. Adam Engel, the Andrew Vaughn, and the Gavin Sheets show in right field, and then whatever one's not playing in right field is going to be DHing for you. Here we go. We spent our money in the bullpen. We think we have this good pitching that's going to take us to the top, and then there you go. It's it's all said and
3: done.
1: I agree with you. It's not enough, Vinny. I know you're more level-headed here.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to start me. ranting and raving. But what I will say <laughs> is that what I will say is that I think it's perfectly reasonable to. If you're a White Sox fan, want them to get better. Right. I mean, they, you know, you want them to be better. You want them to, That makes total sense. You want them to win the World Series when you're a World Series contender, which I believe the White Sox are a World Series contender. You have to be in that race with every other team that's a World Series contender. And that race, while the part of it that matters takes place between April and October, the, the way part of it does also happen in the offseason, and, and there, there's that thing, there's that arms race. It's every time the season ends, you don't go, Well, I can't wait to see what the same team that, that just lost the World Series does again next year. The team that just lost the World Series usually goes out and tinkers with their roster. Some of them do it to a wild degree, which we're seeing right now with the very confusing Minnesota Twins. Some of them do it, and some of them do it to a very smaller degree when they're like, we are one bat away from winning the World Series, or we are one arm away from winning the World Series, and that's what you do. Sean, to your point on the spending on specific positions, I would say to you this, what's a big position? Center field? Well, the White Sox got Luis Roberts. What's a big position left field? Well, the White Sox got Aloy Jimenez shortstop, Tim Anderson, first base, Jose Abreu. I mean, they got guys at those positions. And I think the point, I think the point being is that they're spending on the bullpen because they didn't have bullpen arms. They don't, they don't need to go spend on a shortstop because they have a shortstop. Right. And a very good one, you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There there's a there's an opportunity, and I have been saying this for the last two weeks that we've been a company that they should uh that they need to, that they should go out and get a bat, that they there's a bat that they should go get. But I think that if you think that they're gonna just say uh that they're gonna go out and get a guy that pushes Andrew Vaughn completely out of the picture, you're wrong. Andrew Vaughn, they think can be uh, you know, another Jimenez another Robert another another core guy like this that is going to be a part of that lineup for a very long time and so I think maybe the the areas to plug in that big name might not be as huge as you think Herb you say they got holes all over the lineup I'm not sure that's true I mean I, I, just right I mean? yeah that's why I'm I mean. sorry yeah and, and I'm but I'm, I'm just saying like I think that You know, I think that they've got areas to improve. Absolutely. And if you want them to improve, more power to you. But I think the point is that they've got a very good roster and and that, that shouldn't be forgotten.
1: Before we go to buzz, I just want to follow up on your point because yes, they do have Robert and that's a premium position. They do have Eloy Jimenez. That's a premium position. They have Anderson and Abreu all premium positions, but all of those are discount contracts. Jose Abreu signed a team friendly deal. Tim Anderson is extremely cheap and they signed him very young. Same with Robert and same with Eloy Jimenez. This is very akin to when a NFL team has a a young rookie quarterback on a deal. This is when you spend a lot of money on, on those big free agents and the free agents they've chose to spend on are Liam Hendricks and Yasmani Grandal. Those aren't big positions. Right field has been a hole and DH has been a hole. Like those are positions that will give you at least, you know, uh, 500 plus at bats each and every uh, uh season. And I just don't think we're Grandall's health and you know Liam Hendricks is used 60 something times a season. It's just it's not the payoff that this team needs. Uh Buzz finishes off and then uh, we'll wrap things up.
0: Yeah, I don't mean to get into this. I mean, we're I good. know we're talking about Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez being big time positions and stuff and they cannot control this. I want to I want to preface that immediately. Yeah. They cannot control this. Mm-hmm. But, I'm again, go get another big bat because those guys can't prove to stay healthy either. Right. And if you can have somebody just to alleviate a little bit of the pressure, a little bit of it. You know, I understand it's not going to be a bench guy. You're not going to have a bench guy coming in and producing what Eloy or Luis Robert do. But if you have somebody in right field that's not uh, random – Right, You know, uh, a Brian Goodwin or a Billy Hamilton or something like that. If you spend that money there and then maybe have another star or fringe star, Mm -hmm. it eases the burden of what you've missed the last couple years because these guys can't prove to stay healthy. That's where I'm
1: at. Absolutely. They were lucky. You mentioned the aggregate before. They were lucky to get 30 home runs and 100 RBIs out of right field last year. They could probably get that by just signing... You know, Michael Conforto, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, which is something that I think, again, with all the other moves the teams are making in the AL and NL, the Sox just aren't being aggressive enough for my liking. But, hey, again, they like to work in the dark, so maybe we'll have something they, uh, that, that, that pops up.
2: I hope they make you eat your words.
1: I hope so, too. I, well, I, I, I love being do, wrong. Yeah. I was yeah. wrong about Josh Rosen, and I, I'll be wrong again. It's yes. That's fine. I have no issue about being wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I want to give at least my here opinion. Here
2: and- Yell at you! <laughs> Good. Come on, Rick. That's, bring, that's bring it the down. Sox hater, Rick. Uh, Rick not me. I,
1: I, I'd, I'd love to give you my email and phone number if you want to yell at me. Uh, the man in the circle is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber, a content and article machine. Go follow him for his updates on spring training over there. In the Hall of Fame baseball person shirt is. Herb Lawrence, you can follow him on Twitter at ecknerwall 23 I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow CHGO Sports at CHGO underscore Sports and CHGO White Sox at CHGO underscore White Sox. And we got to thank our guest, Buzz from ONTAP. You can follow him at Buzz ONTAP. And you can follow ONTAP Sports at ONTAP Sports Net.
0: On Sports Sportsnet, got it. Yes. buddy. there you go. Thank Look you, Buzz, that.
1: for your time for joining us. Thank you, Vinny, for uh, working out the old uh, lawnmower situation, and thank you to Lawrence and our whole production staff for watching or for getting this show up and running. And thank you for watching and participating. <laughs> we will talk to you tomorrow here on CHGO White Sox Podcast presented by PointsBet.